Welcome back, everybody, to the very first episode, technically, the very first episode recorded in 2024. Wrestling with Stooges is back. Tim, what did you say? It's a new year. Yes, it is. <laughs> new year, new us. New year, new us. Or maybe uh, it'll be the same us. You'll have to find out. Yeah, it'll be the same us. Yeah, <laughs> just talking shit. <laughs> uh, getting the tea. Uh... There's been a, a lot has happened since the last time we recorded. Um, you know, stuff with Chris Jericho mm. and, and Nick Houseman, the the beef, the drama there. And uh, I had been privy to some information before a lot of that stuff started to surface online. And then I told Tim, and I was like, look, I'm not 100% sure if this is true. But if it is, just letting you know. And then like, like clockwork, Tim's like, I just checked Twitter. You were right. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to be right. So, just so you know, we got the scoops. We just we just won't do. We're, we're just not going to be one of those podcasts. We're like, hey guys, we got the scoop. Right, emergency. We'll just let things unfold, and if we heard stuff, we'll talk about stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you know. But like, what's that? What's that? Bill Burr stand up special. Uh, all my heroes, they're taking. <laughs> all my heroes, they're being they're being torn down. <laughs> they're being taken down. I'm not familiar with that one, but it does make sense. Yeah. It's a, it's a sad day. Yeah. It's a sad... What a way to start the year. <laughs> but uh, Tony Khan has a meltdown on Twitter. Uh, uh, trying to hinder the gender, part two. Uh, what else? Uh, the Rock came back. Mm-hmm. We'll be covering it wants all. Wants to be the head of the table. He wants to be the head of the table. He, some would say he's, he's technically still the head of the table. You know, he's providing, he's providing for all of his uh, bloodline. Even Roman. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll get to that in just a bit. But first, little house cleaning is in order. Tim, how was your new year? It was great. It was um, great. Didn't do a whole lot. Just we took our Christmas stuff down, kind of hung around the house and chillaxed. Chillaxed. Um, new Year's Eve, we just kind of we let Theo throw those little uh, popper firework. What do you call them? I think they're called. Uh, I want to say they're called poppers. Poppers. Sounds about right. Whatever. Let him do that. He loved that. Um, But yeah, other than that, we just, it was nice, relaxing New Year's. Yeah. You? Sam. I just just sat back in my chair and uh, watched the, what was it called? The Ryan Seacrest (laughs) New Year's something, something for like a bit. And then I started editing some videos and then played a little bit of video games. And by the time I looked at my clock, I was like, oh, five minutes till midnight. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't watch any of that. Like we were, we were probably in bed by like ten thirty, yeah. ten o'clock, something like that. I'm it's just, hard. It's hard to stay up. I'm normally just up all the time, yeah. and now with my new job, I'm up all night. <laughs> I'm up to the morning, bro. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, mine was pretty good too. Mine was chillaxed. You know, just just preparing myself for the for the first uh, week of uh, my new job. Yeah, congratulations again on that. Thank you, thank you. Uh, it's a lot of work. Not <laughs> <laughs> your feet hurt at the end of the day, but it's not a it's not hard work. It yeah. doesn't take a rocket scientist. It's good for you to be on your feet. Yeah, I've I've noticed. Uh, and I've been drinking more water too because you know you gotta stay hydrated there because mm-hmm. you can't really do a whole lot. So I've noticed my uh, my energy's gone up a little bit, just a tad bit. Drinking more, drinking more agua, more water. Some uh, some H two O. Hell yeah. Some high quality H2O. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, you know, it's all been good. It's good. 
But now let's get to what people are here to listen to, and that is wrestling. Yes. That is Monday Night Raw, day yeah. one. Drew Max fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> the royal screw. <laughs> Some would call it the screw up of the century. <laughs> nah. Some would say Drew, screw Drew. <laughs> We have no sympathy for Drew. <laughs> you must screwed yourself, bitch. <laughs> uh, it was a hell of a match, though. It was. I honestly thought he was going to win. Like, I did, I, too. I was like, this is it. He's going to win. Even if he's champion till Elimination Chamber, I was like, he's going to win. And then what happened with Drew the following week with Punk, I was like, oh, if Drew had won, I could see CM Punk still challenging the world for the World Heavyweight title. You know, and it would still make sense. Um, obviously, I don't think he would have made it to WrestleMania with the world title, but I think if Seth got it back, it would still make sense. Like everything that they were building would have made sense. But, um, but yeah, uh, Drew. I honestly, this is my favorite Drew. If I'm being honest, like face Drew when he came back and was like on a roll. I like that Drew. And I was happy for that, Drew. But this Drew, it's my favorite Drew. Like, I believe him every time he says anything on the mic. His promo skills have gone way up. You know, he held him, He held his own with CM Punk, which is really hard to do. Yeah. Like, and um, honestly, he's made Seth Rollins interesting. Hell, some people would say Jinder Mahal made it. Seth Rollins a little bit more interesting on Monday. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying what the internet's saying, what a whole lot of people are saying. But I think right now, a lot of the more interesting things that are revolving around the world title have nothing to do with Seth Rollins. That's just my observation after these two weeks of the first Raws of 2024. I, um, I liked the pandemic. Drew McIntyre, as you said, his baby face run was good during that run. And then... You know, a little bit afterwards, he started to, like, after he uh, dropped the world title for the final time, and then he kind of, his stock started going down just a little bit. Like, he wasn't, like, that main event level that he was when he was champion. But this current version of him, I think, there's still a little bit of a mystery to him and his character. Like, there's more aggression. He's just a big, bad... Mother trucker, as they say. <laughs> like, I think he was, like, made for this role. Yeah. Um, and I think there was some worry that maybe, you know, there's some stuff going around. Like, he hasn't re-signed with WWE yet. Um, his contract apparently runs out right after WrestleMania, I believe. But I'm not really worried about him leaving. I think he's in a very good spot right now. They're cl- clearly spotlighting him quite a bit. Yeah. And... You know, they've made you feel like he is going to become champion. Every time he has a match, he gets that much closer and closer. And that match he had with Seth, as soon as he hit that Claymore after uh, Priest came out and then, you know, went for the cover and got that rope break. Before that, I was like, we're going to have a new champion. Yeah, and in my in my gut, I was like, man, finally. Like I was (laughs) finally. As much as I love Seth, like Drew, I he's. He's so overdue, man. Like I just, I, I feel bad for him. Like I'm, I sympathize with everything that he says, and yeah. that promo that he cut with Punk, like, 
you just believe everything he says. Yeah. He's so believable. And part, I think part of it too is that I think there's some truth to it. Absolutely. There's a, there's a little bit of truth in there, which makes it even more believable. You know, just like how Seth, when he cut that promo on Punk, it was the first time I'd been kind of invested in, in something Seth was doing was because a lot of what he was saying had some nugget of truth, you know? And I think I think a lot of wrestlers today need to kind of, especially if you're in, like, WWE or AEW, you got to pull a little bit of truth into your promos to kind of make it sing a little bit, you know? R-Truth? A little R-Truth. A little R-Truth. <laughs> um <laughs> Don't go, don't don't go, Hangman Adam Page. Truth, yeah. <laughs> you know, or that'll get you nowhere. <laughs> yeah, um, but like you got to go, you know, there's a certain level, you know, there's a certain little bit, you know, a little percentage of truth that you can add to it to make it feel, uh, you know, make it feel like it's an actual fight, or like it makes it feel like these people really don't like each other, mm. and. Uh, yeah, Drew. Drew's working on another level. I think this is what he needed to get to that next level of like, oh yeah, like this is going to be one of the top guys going forward. Um, and then with Punk, that just kind of put him over the edge. As far as that, like if you can hold your own with Punk, okay, we can trust you with the mic more. We can trust you with telling stories. We could trust you with anything at that point. Because if you can hold your own with Punk and not look like you're a deer in the headlights, you know, you're solid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I think it's probably the, <sighs> I think there is a ticking time clock on CM Punk, the character, where he's letting people just say what they want. He's like, all right, right, all right. You got something to get off your chest? Get it off your chest. Because there's going to come a point. I don't know if it's after the Rumble when he wins or if he wins. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, you know, because now a whole lot of shit has been thrown out. Like, we thought we knew what we were getting at at, at WrestleMania, and then fucking The Rock comes back and just throws it all out of whack. So we don't even know. But um, either that or maybe he, he enters the Elimination Chamber match to win an opportunity to face Seth, I have no clue. We'll see what happens because they just announced that he's going to be in Perth for Elimination Chamber. They didn't say if he's going to wrestle. So my hope is that if he doesn't win the Rumble, he's in the Elimination Chamber match, wins, goes to Mania. Hopefully, I don't know. I I still don't know how the story's going to go. We'll have to wait and see, obviously. But... um. With Punk right now, he's just letting people hit him, hit him from all sides. He's just like, all right, you know, what do you got to say? What do you got to say? All right, let me hear it. And then he'll he'll jab back a little bit, but it's a little, it's it's like he could go deeper, and I think he knows he could go deeper. He could absolutely destroy somebody, but he's like, you know what? I'm just going to say the bare minimum. You know, I'm going to acknowledge you. I'm going to acknowledge what you said, and I'm just going to walk out. Because I'll do, I'll do the rest of my talking at the Rumble, you know? But I think after the Rumble, leading up to Mania, I think that's when we get CM Punk, the, the shit talker, the... I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. 
you know, it's a tough, it's a tough balancing act. And I think he's doing it very well. And I think, um, with, with the, you know, kind of the, the lighter schedule, it's helped. And and it's, uh, I think there's a lot of, uh, of like YouTube, like video essays of like, should have, should CM Punk have had a match already. And I'm like, no. You save that for the rumble. You save that for, you got to save that for the moment that's right. You can't just have CM Punk come out, have a match with Dominic Mysterio on a normal televised show. You got to have that for a special moment. And it's just not ready yet. It's, you got to wait to the rumble. Because imagine, it's either gonna, he's either going to be number one or number 30. Or 29, depending on how they want to <laughs> mess well, with things. I have an idea in my head about the whole Rumble stuff. I don't know if you want to talk about it here or maybe next week's episode, right, the week before the Rumble, but I'm glad you brought up the fact that Punk is kind of letting these guys, like, you know, throw bullets at him because, honestly, I felt, just like the Seth promo, I felt like Seth won that battle, and with the Drew, Drew also won that battle with Punk. And I think you're right about him, about CM Punk kind of holding back for right now. Yeah. And then... You can tell, too. Like, every time every time anybody, any one of them says something, that he's like, oh, I know what I would say right here. Or I know, oh, I just thought of something that I could say right now, but I can't. Because yeah. then this way, it would fuck up this moment. It would fuck up their thing. He's like, nah. We'll wait. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's letting these guys get under his skin for right now. But you just you wait, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be an explosion when he finally responds. But like just the fact that Drew mentioned, you know, you know, me and some of the guys in the back are making bets on how long you're gonna last here. Uh, it's just it's just it's funny, but like at the same time, like it's a little it's, bit of truth. Yeah, reality. Yeah, and I think you even heard Punk. You, I, don't, I don't think you meant to hear him, but you heard him go, "Oh, that's a good one." Yeah, <laughs> you can see the smile on his face. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know, like I've been, I've been watching busted open. Um, and bully was talking about bully Ray was talking about how there, there's a CM punk who, when, when you cut a promo on him, he's fine. And there's a, uh, there's a look that he has when he's like, Ooh, something, so, something someone said hit a nerve. Mm-hmm. And Bully was like, I think I think Drew said something in his promo that that uh, hit a nerve with CM Punk, and I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like, if if to me, if I'm Punk, and I know that the whole world is watching, and that the whole world, as Drew said, making bets to see how long before he implodes and self destructs, I think everything I do in that ring has to be purposeful. Everything I do in that ring, even even the smallest thing, has to be so that everybody else is like wondering, what was that? What was that little tick? What was that little kind of half smile, half laugh? What was that? Um, there is this look that whenever Hangman Adam Page said the thing he said, CM Punk had a look, and I knew that look, and I saw that look a little bit with, with Rollins and I saw that look a little bit with Drew and I'm wondering if Punk knows that he has that look and he's like hmm 
people think that anytime I make I make this face, it means something. So what if I do it all the time? Every time somebody cuts a promo on me, what if I what if I just make that face all the time? And a part of me wants to believe that if CM Punk is as great of a talker and promo guy and storyteller that he notices that he's like, hmm, let me use this to my advantage right now. Let me use this to to make everybody on the internet talk. Because any, anytime anything Punk does gets people talking, even the smallest thing, like you like like Bully said, like he saw a look in CM Punk's face that got Bully thinking. You know, anything he says. Um, did you see the interview he did with, uh, was it Jackie Redman? Mm-mm. On the NHL no. podcast? You didn't? No. Okay. Uh, uh, let me see. Let me see if I can find the portion that he did with Seth. We'll pause. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is it, he was talking about how Seth um, can't talk about his career unless he talks about CM Punk. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I think I saw or read something about that online. Yeah. But yeah, I, know, I think I know what you're talking about. But um, yeah, so basically, uh, let me see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look this up while, uh, let me see, CM Punk NHL interview. CM Punk interview. Let's see. Here we go. Maybe the people at home will be able to hear yeah. the interview. We'll pause. This is important information. Yeah. We'll we'll do, we'll do a game day an- analysis like they do in, in the NHL or in the NFL where we'll, we'll we'll let them say something and then uh, we'll pause and then we'll discuss what they <laughs> said and then play again. Do a live reaction with you guys. And he hasn't been everywhere I've been. Let's see. Oh, we're close. You realize yeah, that? Yeah, like, wow. you know, you know so I ran out of things, like bad things. Like, I, a lot of bad things have happened to me in this, <laughs> in this building. You know what I mean? Got beat up here, you know? Uh, but I, I, I think it was also like hugely cathartic because I'm very much a guy who, if you ask me if I'm ready, I'm going to tell you no. Uh, because part of the juice is being in front of the live crowd. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the old guy on the ice now where like I can stretch and I can warm up and I'm not going to be ready until I'm on the ice, the whistle blows and the puck drops. Now I'm ready. So yeah. I need to be in front of the crowd, and I need to see the red light on the camera, and then it's like, okay, now it's go time. All right, well, Seth freaking Rollins, I have to ask about him. He has made it clear that he hates you. What do you think is the main reason that he is so bitter towards you? Um, hmm. Uh, because I have been everywhere he has been. And he hasn't been everywhere I've been. So we're probably too similar. That's honestly the biggest thing that I can think of is we're, we're, we're very similar. And, but the difference is I can talk about my career and not have to mention him. He cannot talk about his career without mentioning me. So I understand where he's coming from. You know, I, I, I understand. Uh, I think he's always felt like he's the little brother, you know. 
and I've never tried to treat him that way. I've always treated him like a peer, but some people you just can't reach. All right, well, I am. Some people you just can't reach. <laughs> I guess not. You know, um, yeah, so that's what he said about Seth, and we're sure this is going to fuel whatever Seth does or whatever whatever that feud is going to look like post-Rumble. I think uh, we're in for a treat. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think CM Punk right now, biding his time, just just. Saying, throwing out little nuggets here and there. Doesn't go full CM Punk pipe bomb just yet. You know, this is more of a a popper situation. I'm just gonna throw a little popper right here. Little 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 explosion. Really does no damage. You know, it's just for, it's all sound. It's just sound bites. You know, but when the time comes for the pipe bomb to drop, I'll drop it. And I think I think it's just a matter of time. And for the fans that are saying, ah, oh, this is PG Punk, ah, oh, they've ruined Punk, relax, guys, relax. If we know one thing from the Triple H era of this past year, just watching how he's booked things, he likes to tell the story over time. He doesn't like to just blow the load all in one. You know, nobody likes that. No, he, you know, <laughs> he likes to go all night. He's not a one pump chump kind of guy, <laughs> you know. So it's it's more for him. The story, you gotta let it breathe. You gotta let it. You gotta give it time. You can't just do it all in one one sitting. And I think that's when CM Punk works best too. Is when you know there's an arc, when you know there's a a certain point you gotta hit, and in between we gotta prolong it, or in between we gotta tell these little mini stories to get up to there. And I think right now we're seeing the humble punk, we're seeing the I'm happy to be back punk, and then like we like you mentioned, it's go time. Like he said, you know when he when he sees the red light, I'm ready. It's go time. And there's going to be a moment, again, we don't know when, but I want to say it's going to be after the Rumble, where he goes fully in on Seth, or fully in on Drew, or whoever, whoever the fuck he's facing at WrestleMania, he's going to go fully in. And I think, I want to say, I think he's doing that to give whoever it is that he's facing time to rebuttal time to kind of think about what they're saying because i'm pretty sure seth's like oh i have a lot of things i can say and i'm gonna say them to you when we first meet and he said a lot of that stuff whenever he cut that promo on him and punk's like all right but just know at some point i am gonna have to say something back to you and you can say whatever you want about me but just know same, same. It goes both ways, and at some point, if if this feud is gonna happen, I'm gonna have to do the same to you. And I think Seth's like, all right, let's go time. It's all about patience, guys. Patience, patience. If, 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 if there's another thing we learn. Have we been learning about this uh, Triple H 
era. It's that he wants you to be patient. Yeah. And it's been working out so far, I think. I think so. I think the stories have been great. Uh, the punk stuff has been excellent, as always. And I think the main event stuff has been great. I think everything oh, yeah. else... Everything else... How do I say this? They He still hasn't cracked the formula for like mid-card and lower-card. Like it's still the main event stuff is always going to be top notch. The lower card is always going to be like, uh, like how do we, what are we doing here? You know, uh, with Gunther gone for the past couple of weeks, there's been a presence missing on Monday with him, and with Chad Gable kind of not doing anything lately, I'm like, are they going to revisit that? Like I really like where they were going with that. They were starting to get. Some momentum with the mid card, and then they kind of just stopped after the holidays. And I'm hoping it starts picking back up once uh, Gunther comes back tomorrow. Yeah, I think. Yeah, hopefully that starts picking up. But I, th- I don't know. I'm in. I'm. I'm interested in seeing how Gunther helps the mid card because eventually he's going to have to go to the main event too, you know, or be in the main event scene. And is the mid card going to be ready? To kind of go at it alone without Gunther, because right now Gunther's been holding down the mid card. There's really nobody else for him to face, if you think about it. I mean, you had the Miz, you had you had Chad Gable, you had uh, um, even Bronson Reed. Reed. Yeah. So there's really nobody else, and that's why I do believe, like. I think Gunther's going to enter. He's going to declare for the Royal Rumble. And my prediction is uh, we're going to get a Brock Lesnar surprise appearance and a face down with Gunther. And that's going to be your match for Mania. Whether it's for the Intercontinental title, I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. I would say if he hasn't lost it by then, it will be. But he'll end up beating Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Regardless, Gunther's got to beat Brock. And then I think he'll drop the title. Just He'll be like, I don't need his title. It's like, I, he's like, at this point, I've become bigger than the title. I could like, so, the way Gunther talks, and especially if you listen to like interviews he does, I would believe that. I would believe if he came out on Monday Night Raw, he's like, I'm bigger than this title. I'm the prize. Mm-hmm. You know, I beat Brock Lesnar. I beat the man who beat, you know, the streak. You know, I mean, a lot of people have been, I've beaten the man who broke the streak lately. But I think right now Brock Lesnar is in his uh, giving back phase. Yeah, he's in his he's <laughs> he's in his uh, uh, I got your back tour, <laughs> which is <laughs> I got you, I got you uh, with uh, Cody. Um, he didn't give it to Omos. I, I think at last year's WrestleMania, no. but he gave he gave Omos one of his better matches. So that's a win. But we haven't seen Omos since. So yeah, it kind of says a lot that. Um, you know, you can have a match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania on the following week. <laughs> Nowhere to be seen. Yeah, I I do think... I don't know which way it's going to go. I think Brock's going to eliminate Gunther. I think Brock's picky, too, on who, oh, he, yeah. who he stamps his uh, seal of approval on. Because... What was it? Um, where did I read? I think, honestly, I felt like I read this recently... I'm not sure from who, 
maybe Jericho, maybe I don't know something someone said about Brock Lesnar being like like he didn't want to work with somebody. Was it gender? Remember a few years ago there was a Survivor Series and he was champion and gender was champion, but he didn't want to face gender, so they put the title on AJ instead. No, it was somebody else recently. Some someone said something about oh yeah he didn't want to work with so and so. Was it Bray? Uh, that was another one he didn't want to work with. I have no idea, but whatever it was, whatever the case may be, there was a certain person he just, certain people, he's just very picky about who he wants to work with. Um, you know, which I mean, the, the fact that he got a match with Omos, you know, Omos, I mean, I don't know what that says. Um, but maybe I think it was Moxley, I think. He didn't want to do something with Moxley, basically. He basically had to be talked into that. He didn't want to do it or something. Mm. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Or maybe it was like a spot in their match or something he didn't want to do. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. I mean, I guess that version of Moxley when he was Dean Ambrose, maybe not. But I feel like if Moxley came back to WWE as the person he is today, I feel like he probably would want to do something with Oh yeah. Him now. Well yeah, he's a bigger star now than he yeah. was then. Like yeah. he's gone out and <clears throat> made a bigger name for himself. Yeah. But um but yeah, like Brock is very picky on who he works with and if the plan is Gunther and he puts him over it's another seal of approval from Brock Lesnar on somebody that's like, Okay, this is somebody that like what did I what did I say a couple of weeks ago? Like Brock Lesnar right now, he's kind of like the gatekeeper for the main event scene. He's like, if you want to make it to the main event, if you really want to be in the main event, fuck Roman. You got to beat me. You got to go through me. If you can go through me, if you can at least show me that you're worthy of being in the main event scene, you know, even if you win or lose, win or lose, if you can, if you can hang with me, you got my seal of approval. And I feel like that's what Brock is right now, you know. He's like that gatekeeper of the main event scene. And very few people get through. Mm. Drew got through. Roman got through. AJ got through. Um, who else is in there? Uh, he put Seth over a couple times. Put Seth over a couple times. Cody. Cody. You know, recently. Uh, that was the big one. So, And Cody has been like just on a roll ever since. Mm-hmm. So much so that, like, at this point, people are just expecting him to win for a second year in a row at the Rumble. I don't know about that. I feel like that's a risky move, especially with Punk back. Here's my thinking. Punk's thing is main eventing WrestleMania, right? Yeah. So winning the Rumble goes hand-in-hand with main eventing WrestleMania. Like, sure, there's another way to main event, which is getting through the Elimination Chamber. But I think... It makes more sense for Cody's story if he loses the Rumble and he has to go through another hoop, which is the Elimination Chamber, right. win that, and then WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So it might be risky. I don't know. I still have. I still feel like they might do it because only you know there's only a few people who've won back-to-back Rumbles, and they might be trying to make more history again. Yeah. But I just think Punk makes more sense. Not just because he's back. Just, I don't know, storyline-wise. And it's more of an interesting choice. 
like we've said before, Punk could go after Roman. If Cody wins, we know who he's going after. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that's, that's the important part of it all, is that if Cody wins, we might as well sign it there, then and there at the Rumble. Roman versus Cody. <laughs> Or Roman versus Cody versus The Rock. <laughs> it's going to be a triple threat. Nah, we don't want that. Um, and then I think I, think, I want to say it was Bully Ray made a case for it being a triple threat at Mania. And saying how Triple H said that the story never ends. It always continues. What if Cody Rhodes goes to Mania, it's a triple threat. There's The Rock, there's Roman, and then there's Cody right there in the middle. And out of all the people that Cody could beat to win that match, he pins The Rock, which is like the ultimate move. Like if you beat The Rock to win your the title for the very first time, you don't beat Roman. You beat The Rock. That's a pretty big fucking deal in the moment. But then you give Roman some time off. You let Cody defend it against... L.A. Knight against A.J. Styles, maybe Randy Orton. And then Roman Reigns comes back before SummerSlam. And it's like, you never beat me. Like, all that work you did to win that title, you still haven't beaten me. And, and Roman can be like, at the end of the day, when you go home, you kiss your wife and your baby goodnight, and you look at yourself in the mirror, you'll still think to yourself, you're not the champion. Because you didn't beat the champion. You beat a guy who came back one night out of the year. You beat some guy from Hollywood. You didn't beat me. So Roman can be a, Roman can go around being like, you know what? He can be like, it's uh, like I know it and you know it. I'm still the champ. In your eyes, I'm still the champion because you didn't beat me. And isn't isn't and isn't that what it's all about? Beating me, like. Even after winning that championship, you can't say that you beat me. And Roman can get in his head and be like, and that's how you continue that feud at SummerSlam. It's not a bad story, but I completely disagree with Roman losing the title without being pinned. Um, with this fatal four-way coming up at the Rumble, which, real quick, that was kind of a surprise to me because I thought that they would go with Randy and Roman. Yeah. But I guess it makes it a little more interesting with more people involved. And you know the bloodline's going to get involved. Depends, too, where in the car that match is. Because if it's not in the actual main event, like if the, Ro- if the men's Royal Rumble is the last match, then there is still an opportunity for those three men to enter the Royal Rumble. Or at least two of the three. Like, I could see Randy and I could see L.A. Knight entering the Royal Rumble if they don't win the match. Yeah. Because I think it's been done before. Like, someone loses the, the title match earlier in the card, and then they just enter the... Brock did when yeah. we went. <laughs> Brock Lesnar did. Yeah. There, there are some... I'm, not, I'm just not really a fan of that, because then you're seeing that, that those people, like, more than once, they've already had a chance at the title they lost. So now they just get to have another one at the Rumble. Um, also, it's like, so you're telling me y'all didn't have the 30 people picked? Right. 
before tonight. Wait, did Brock attack somebody backstage? <laughs> yeah, we're just going to. Yeah, I'm just getting word. Competitor number 27 has been attacked. <laughs> They'll be replaced. Um, this is a very historic run, like no doubt about it. And I don't want to see Roman lose the title without being pinned. Like he needs to be the one being pinned in order for the person winning it to feel more important, be more important, and... To get the rub? To get the rub. Plus, you're kind of doing Roman dirty there by not having him be the one to take the pin. Um, so that's just my feeling. That's what I've been thinking about ever since this Fatal 4-Way match has been made. Because there's been some talk out there like, Roman could lose the title without being pinned. Roman could go on to Mania and face The Rock. No title needs to be involved. And I'm like, well, yeah, but uh, it's also not a very good idea. Um, so, I don't know. Those are my feelings on that. Um, those are your feelings? Those are my feelings. Yeah. But let's talk about The Rock. The Rock? The Rock. What making about The his, Rock? Making his return on day one. Um, making his way downtown? Yeah. <laughs> Walking fast. <laughs> Let's talk about The Rock. Uh, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> so he comes back, does his little thing with gender. Um, and then at the end of it, after kicking some candy ass, he goes, you know, I think I want to be head of the table. Yeah. Making reference to uh, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, teasing teasing a match between the two. Finally, we're getting a an official tease on live TV, and the wrestling world has just been going crazy. When is this going to happen? Is it actually going to happen? No. Is it going to be for the titles? I think because there's been some talk that it might happen in Perth, Australia, but now there's rumors going around saying that Roman was never scheduled for Elimination Chamber, and he's still not scheduled, which that could always change. It's like, where do you do a match of this magnitude? Because Australia, that stadium is, what, 60,000, 70,000 people? Yeah, I think, I think right now it's set up for six, 60,000. I think they've sold 50,000 tickets, I think, right around there. I'm not 100% sure. Last time I checked, I want to say they said it was set up for fifty to sixty thousand people. Yeah, but they've only sold like between forty and fifty thousand, so that's still a lot. Yeah. The other issue is it it was it would air at like six a.m. seven a.m. in the morning. Yeah, bro. Which not many people are up for. I mean, I am. You know, I got a I, three year old. Dude, but. I'd be getting back from work. Like, I'd be, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be like, fuck it, I'm going to sleep. Um. I mean, I'd still watch it, but this might be Rock's last match, and there's been some scenarios thrown out there like, okay, you could do Rock versus Roman in Australia, get that match done, put Roman over, make uh, Cody's win at WrestleMania that much more important by beating Roman, who just beat The Rock, or you don't do Rock and Roman at Elimination Chamber. Now, even though I think the Australian government or whoever over there requested The Rock for this event, 
So The Rock may still be there, but not like in a match capacity. Maybe it's just like an appearance or no. some kind of contract signing or something like that. Maybe him and Punk. Yeah. Face to face. Wouldn't that be something? It's like, remember that one time I called you and you didn't answer? <laughs> hey, Rock, remember that one time you came in and stole my spot at Mania? <laughs> you ain't doing it this time. No, man. Um, uh, so you do Rock... Paper, scissors. Yeah. <laughs> There's been ideas thrown out there like, okay, if they don't do it at Elimination Chamber, they could do they could do this. They could do Rock and Roman on night one, Rock, uh, Roman and Cody night two, and have Roman just headline both nights. But I'm like, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Stupid. You know why? Because you, you need one of those nights headlined by Punk and probably Seth. Yeah. So you're taking a main event spot, main event spot away from the two of those guys who have earned them, especially Seth, who's been there f- all these years, carrying the company and doing all these amazing things. Um, you cannot have Roman headline both nights. Now you could have Roman open a night maybe with one of those matches. Yeah. So I don't know. There's been a lot of scenarios thrown out there that I haven't liked. The only one I like is Punk headlining one of the nights and Roman headlining one of the nights. Now, you could have Randy. If you're not going to do Rock and Roman for the titles, you could have Randy and Cody either in the semi-main event or open one of the nights if Randy wins the title. So, I don't know. That's just my thing. Like I, Punk's whole thing is main eventing. Like You're going to take that away from him again? <laughs> Uh, I mean, we know that he's there for a multi-year deal. He got a multi-year deal. I think. I, I think. I think two or three years. Yeah, I, I heard three probably. I think it's three. So there's time, you know, um, if they don't pull the trigger immediately. But I think right now is the moment to do it when it's red hot, because you don't know if you'll ever get a chance to do this again with Punk and Seth. There's just a lot of variables that can happen. Um, <clears throat> but uh, speaking of Seth, he had an encounter with Jinder Mahal this past Monday that uh, set the internet ablaze. <laughs> People were going nuts, especially one uh, one uh, Anthony <laughs> Anthony Khan. <laughs> I want to call him by his God-given name, Anthony. Anton. <laughs> Anton. <laughs> Anton Khan. Um, he went a little. He went had a little meltdown on Twitter, which is not new. But now he's uh, now he's calling out WWE superstars that are just doing their job. He's got a lot of time on his hands. Yeah, clearly, you know, <laughs> like stay off the internet, dude. Yeah, man, it's just like. You're Dude. making your company look bad. The superstars, you're you're not focusing on your own superstars. Yeah, it's like, dude, I don't have time to answer. I, like for me, I'd be like, I don't have time to reply to people on the internet. Hell, even USA Network. The, the I think it was, I think I want to say it was USA Network that mentioned like the cage match rating because that's what Tony Khan uses to tell whether he's had a good match or not. And for me, I'm just like. If I were Tony Khan, I'd be like, I don't have time for this. Like, I'm not going to reply. Like, 
This means he's watching the WWE product. Yeah. That's what it means. And, I mean, let's let's not get it twisted. There have been times when WWE has been caught watching AEW. Like, it's just, it is what it is. You're watching the competitor. But I think right now, WWE ain't that worried. Like, I feel like WWE blew them out of the water this past year. And they're like, all right, I think we proved why we're the best. Time to focus on ourselves. And I think they've been doing that. But I would say to Tony Khan, dude, get the fuck off the internet. Like, you don't need to be on there. You don't need to be responding to everybody. You know, you're not, you don't need to be responding to every fan. It just, it's not a good look. And then when you're fighting with Eric Bischoff on Twitter, God. it's like, come on, dude. Like, come on. Like, at this point, you're doing this because you want the drama. You want that stuff. And from everything that I've read and heard, even the talent there that work in AEW are like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? They won't say it to his face, but they'll go to, like, the dirt sheets and be like, yeah, this is embarrassing. It's like, hey, tell it to your boss. Don't tell it to the dirt sheets. Tell it to your boss. Like, hey, cut the shit out. Yeah. You know? I would say Chris Jericho, go to your boss and tell him to quit fucking up on Twitter, but Jericho's doing the same. <laughs> you know, like everybody I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? Brian Danielson, step in there and do something. Yeah, where is this disciplinary committee? Does this does this disciplinary committee also include like can he reprimand Tony Khan too? <laughs> because at this point, Tony Khan is making AEW look bad. It's not the wrestlers. Like it's never been the wrestlers. It's been Tony Khan allowing things to happen and that's it like again we want this place to succeed we want them to thrive but the only way to do that is if the guy in charge gets out of the way stop being the focus like this past week was their homecoming at daily's place i found that out the day before i didn't know that ahead of time because all I was reading, all I heard was Tony Khan this, Tony Khan that. Like, dude, you're taking the focus off of your talent, off of your company, and putting it all on you. If you're somebody like Brian Danielson or even Adam <laughs> Copeland, like the stature that they have, and they seem to have a good voice of reason. Like, if they stepped in and said something to Tony Khan, like, I'm sure he would at least listen to them, and he might change his ways after... You know, having a conversation with one of those guys. Fuck, or at least PR team be like, yo, every time you do this, we got to find you. We got to find you something because mm-hmm. this is bullshit. Like, you're making our jobs even harder. <laughs> like, it's just like, you're not making it easy for us, you know? And it, it's just like, at this point, I don't feel bad for the guy. Like, if anything happens to that company, God forbid... You know, because I know people that work there. Like, it's all on him. You can't blame anybody else. You can't blame WWE. You can't blame CM Punk. You can't blame Young Bucks. It's all on you, dude. You're the one who decided to invest money into this. You're the one who decided to basically take the momentum that the Young Bucks really did. That they, that them and Punk, or not Punk, them and Cody used for the the first ever independent... All In, I think it was called, All In, uh, which was just independent wrestlers putting on a show in a 10,000-seat arena. You took all their hard work, 
built a company off the backs of them. And now, where's Cody? WWE. Him and Adam Page. No one cares. <laughs> Young Bucks. Nobody cares. Like, you turned some of the most popular, some of the most sought-after independent workers in recent history, and you made them irrelevant in your own company that's named after them. All Elite Wrestling. <laughs> like, the Elite in Elite is the Elite. <laughs> Do the math. <laughs> it ain't mathin'. No. And <laughs> Steiner mathin'. And, Co- and Kenny Omega, he's gone. Like, he's, you know, out with an injury or out with, like, an illness. So, we don't know when he'll be back. You know, Eric Bischoff likes to talk a lot of stuff about Tony Khan, and uh, some of it may be right. <laughs> uh, he's starting to make this company more about him, like, behind the scenes and online. Um, just stay off the internet, dude. Like, yeah. what are you doing? And here's the thing. People are like, why are you bullying Tony Khan? Why are you talking shit about Tony Khan? What are you talking about? People did the exact same thing when TNA was doing their bullshit with Dixie Carter and Hogan and Bischoff. Like, people were not afraid to criticize that, and nobody gave a shit. Nobody was like, oh, why Why are you saying bullshit? Why are you saying this uh, uh, negative things about Dixie Carter and Hogan and Bischoff and all that stuff who were running it at the time. Nobody batted an eye. Nobody cared. Tony Khan, somebody says, hey, maybe don't do this, or hey, maybe you should, you know, run your company a little bit better. Oh, Tony Khan has to go and be like, to be AEW is to be attacked. That's every wrestling company. You don't think Vince McMahon was being attacked? Vince McMahon and WWE were being attacked when they were doing the investigation on Vince McMahon this past year. Like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, what are you talking about? WWE has constantly been attacked. The Chris Benoit thing, the Eddie Guerrero, with, and, and, and the steroid uh, allegations. And all it's always been under attack. But... Now that WWE has become this global thing, people suddenly forget that. But it's always been under attack. Like, I'm sure if something happened tomorrow, WWE would be under investigation. WWE would be under attack by people in the media, people, fans. Who knows? I don't know. But that's just wrestling. It's constantly under a microscope. Well, even when they were going... Head to head with WCW, they were attacked by WCW all the time. Yeah, that's just how that's how wrestling works, dude. Yeah, and that's the thing. And like, I think, the, and the difference then too is that WCW and Monday and, and WWE were actual rivals. Like they were on par with each other. Yeah, yeah, same night, same night, same same amount of ratings, maybe less or more depending on the night. It was a real war. A real Monday Night War. But it was a true war, you know? So Tony Khan right now just needs to realize that they're going to be number two. They can't catch up to WWE, but the best thing you can do is focus on your company, focus on your talent, and really try to be the alternative. Don't worry about what Raw is doing or SmackDown is doing. You're not going to reach... Those kinds of numbers, you're not going to reach 
that sort of popularity in four years, five years. Like it took WWE decades and there was a lull in between. There was a boom. There's the golden era. I think that's what they called it. The golden era with Hogan and Andre and Macho Man and all those guys. Yeah. And then it kind of doled down a little bit in the 90s and it came back up in the Attitude Era. So there's going to be boom periods. And I think if you just focus on your company, focus on your talent, make sure that you're, A, doing a great job booking your talent, you'll have nothing to worry about. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, Tony Khan is a keyboard warrior. <laughs> He's just wasting his time and focusing all of his attention on himself. Yeah. Not his company, not his uh, not his wrestlers. He's just... He's making a bad name for himself. Yep, yep, yep. And, you know, it just it doesn't help at all. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help the company. It doesn't help the people you employ. So just focus on your shit, and maybe your fans wouldn't be disappointed, you know? Right. So, uh, yeah. Um, well, guys, this is uh, this, this, this is the cutoff point for this episode. We got to... We gotta end it a little early. Our boy, Sorry, guys. <laughs> our boy Tim Roth has to head out. Uh, emergency, emergency. It's cold in St. Louis. His heating, his heating went out, so he's he's in the cold. You know, his house is freezing right now. It's a nice. <laughs> gotta get that heat. <laughs> it's a nice palace right now, bro. Not the kind of heat Tony has, but no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim's gotta go get heat. You know, <laughs> you know, we'll 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 update we'll update you guys if Tim got heat or not. <laughs> He's got heat with the boss. <laughs> oh man. Oh, okay, guys. Well, thank you so yeah. much for tuning in to the very first episode of 2024. I'm Oscar Rendon. I'm Tim Roth. And as always, Stooges, Stooges out. out.